podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone, welcome back to the latest episode of the NUFC Blogcast. It's had to be a little bit different this week. Um, you're probably thinking already, why is Ollie introducing it? Where's Ed? Obviously Ed's normally our host and it's normally me and Ed on the show. But what happened is, yesterday, just as we were about to hit the record button, Ed's internet decided to give up. And he couldn't get it back on, so he had an engineer come out. He's fixed it now, but today he's on his way to the airport and he's about to get on a flight to Boston. So I went, usual episode should be out next week on the Monday, but obviously at the end of every week we like to bring you a, a roundup of all the latest transfer news and gossip of that week. So I've managed to still put a recording together. So yeah, let's get into the all the transfers and rumours of this week. <laughs> So starting with the good news, it looks like Newcastle will finally announced the signing of Sandro Tonali on Monday. So as we know, last Friday, Fabrizio Romano gave it the big here we go tweet saying that we'd agreed a 70 million euro deal with AC Milan. Um, he did always say that it would take a little bit of time to get the formalities done and things like that. But obviously a week has passed and fans, are, even though it's, it's, it's clearly pretty much done, some fans have been a little bit anxious that he hasn't signed yet. So... In uh, in Mark Douglas's latest piece for the eye paper, he said that Newcastle expect his signing to be announced on Monday. So that'll just be in a couple of days' time. Um, so that's good news. And the other bit of good news on Tonali is that it was initially reported that it, the fee was going to be seventy million euros plus some add-ons. So that's what in excess of sixty million pounds. Um, but a couple of reports have come out in the last few days from Luke Edwards at the at the Telegraph and. Uh, Keith Downey at Sky Sports, which have said the fee is going to be a bit lower than that. So, like I said, it was initially talked that that it would be about sixty million, but Luke Edwards has said that it'll be fifty-two million, and Keith Downey said the fee should be something around fifty-five million. So, whichever one it is out of those two, it sounds like the actual fee Newcastle will pay will be a little bit lower than some of the figures that were out there in Italy. So, so yeah, that's really good news. He's going to sign a six-year deal, and just a bit of context around the delay Tonali had been playing at the under 21 European Championships over the past week with Italy um, and actually what happened is on Wednesday night they lost 1-0 to Norway and that defeat has actually seen them go out of the tournament at the group stages so had he had he made it through to the to the knockout stages I think his official move to Newcastle would have been delayed and obviously he wouldn't have been free to come over to Tyneside and get the pictures at the stadium and, and fully sort of create that announcement video but now they actually exited the tournament on Wednesday night um they actually went out on goals scored in the end they were level with Switzerland in second but because they'd scored less goals than Switzerland they ended up um going out in third so bizarre rulings there but anyway they've exited the tournament and because of that it's been able to speed up Tonali's move to Newcastle so I think it's been done and dusted unofficially for a week but as I say all the reports are now suggesting that on Monday, we should see the official announcement, which is good news. So it's good news that Tonali is going to get wrapped up very soon and he'll be announced as a Newcastle player. But the not so good news is on James Madison. So you may have seen this in the last few days that he's actually now signed for Tottenham. Um, obviously, Newcastle made two bids last summer that were rejected and there was a lot of talk leading up to this summer that would reignite our interest and make a bid and Obviously, the fact we got in the Champions League and the fact Spurs didn't made a lot of people believe that he would prefer Newcastle over Tottenham. Now, obviously, we don't know how it all played out. We don't know what what really went on, but 
a few things to mention. So firstly, a lot of reports have suggested that he'll earn 175000 a week at Spurs. Now, that would make him Newcastle's highest paid player. Um, I mean, this, the £40 million fee for a player of his quality seems a reasonable price. But if he's also going to earn £175,000 a week, that equates to £9 million a year and £45 million over his five-year contract. So that would make the total outlay on Madison £85 million over the five years if you're combining the fee and the wages, which is a lot of money. Obviously, Madison is a very talented player. But if Newcastle, say, didn't see him as a priority position or were unsure if he'd have the sort of work rate and ability to press uh, to fit into a, an Eddie Howe team, and they were maybe, let's just say, conscious of the fact he was 26 and it wouldn't be long until his value is on the decline and he's entering his 30s. Obviously, that's a few years away, but if you're signing a player at 26 for several years, you're getting him very much for the, for the here and now and not so much the future. So if you factor in all of those things and the wages above all else, maybe we decided just not to pursue that. Obviously, there might be other factors. Maybe he did prefer London. Um, there is a few more factors. I know he shares the same agency with uh, Postacoglu, the new Spurs boss. So um, I was told by one journalist I speak to that that played a big, played a big role too. It, it allowed Spurs to basically get into, into talks with Madison's team very early on because the people who essentially pushed Postacoglu's move to Spurs, that agency also represent Madison, so it was easy for them to, to hold talks. So anyway, there's a number of factors, but at the end of the day, I think making James Madison a highest paid player was probably a bridge too far for Newcastle, and I think I can understand why they didn't want to do that. Um, so it looks like we're going to be pursuing other targets. Um, now, one player who was very much seen as the plan B at Madison, or maybe even the plan A, and someone we preferred to Madison, was Dominic Sabozlai at RB Leipzig. However... It came out earlier this week from David Ornstein at The Athletic that Liverpool were also exploring a move for Sabozlai. Now, the same piece mentioned that Newcastle was still keen, but on Friday morning, so I'm, I'm recording this Friday afternoon, David Ornstein released an update on Sabozlai and said that Liverpool are now leading the race and essentially said that Newcastle have dropped out of the race for Sabozlai because it looks like they're going to push ahead with the deal for him and they're expected to sign him, they're confident they're going to get him, so... Again, we don't know why Newcastle have dropped out of that race, but it could be for a couple of reasons. It could be that we know the player prefers a move to Liverpool, therefore there's, there's actually no point in Newcastle pursuing a move because he's, he's hard set on Liverpool. Or it could just simply be that the, the sort of figures he'd command would be too much for us. I know he has a release clause of £61 million that's due to expire on the 30th of June. So at the day, the day of recording, today, Friday the 30th of June, is essentially the last day any club can activate that 61 million release clause. Now, it might be that Liverpool plan to activate that, activate that today and therefore sign them at 61 million. Or it might be that from tomorrow onwards, they feel like they can negotiate a slightly lower fee. But whether he was too expensive for Newcastle or whether he just preferred to move to Liverpool or for all we know, Newcastle preferred other targets, who who, who knows? But it does seem like Sabozlai now is another player who won't be coming to Newcastle. So it is, it is a shame. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk of Madison. There's been a lot of talk of Sabozlai, and it looks like both will sign for sort of big six rivals instead. Uh, obviously, Madison to Spurs, Sabozlai at Liverpool. So it could be a case of back to the drawing board for Newcastle in our like search of a new sort of right-sided attacker who can come into the team and compete with Almiron and that sort of thing. Well, or replace Almiron, you would think. But um, who knows? Who knows whether we've got other other targets in mind? Um 
one thing that's worth mentioning for any for anyone kind of worrying that we've missed out on Madison and Sabozlai, I know the Telegraph released a piece a few days ago saying that initially we looked at Declan Rice as our big midfield signing, and then we looked at Nicolo Barella at Inter Milan. Now they were the, apparently, according to the the, uh, the Telegraph, they were the two names we were pursuing early on when the transfer window first opened. But we found out that both deals would be far too expensive. Obviously, Rice is going to cost Arsenal a hundred million, and probably wasn't that realistic. But Barella was also apparently going to cost north of eighty million and and be on huge wages and things like that. So my point here is, just like Madison and Sabozlai, it seemed. It seems like in midfield we had other targets before getting Tonali, but we've ended up with Tonali for fifty million, which seems like great value when you see like Declan Rice going for double that amount. So I think Newcastle have proved there in their midfield search that we've still ended up with a really good player after perhaps not signing our top two targets. So just because Madison's gone to Spurs and Sabozlai's gone to Liverpool doesn't mean we don't have other irons in the fire and another exciting player who we could sign instead. So um so yeah, I guess we need to just keep the faith there. Newcastle have been really, really sort of shrewd in the transfer market since new owners have come in. We've we've signed Isaac, Botman, Bruno, Trippier. Um and we've already pulled off Tonali. So we've clearly got sort of a, an attractive project. We're now in the Champions League. And it, I guess it now it's just gonna be interesting to see who we go for. Now Madison's gone to, to Spurs and Sabozai's gone to Liverpool. So so yeah, it's disappointing to see us linked with, with two quality players. Uh, there and then ultimately not sign them and lose out to two two Premier League rivals. But who knows what we've got up our sleeve there? Um, so yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see what comes of that. So back to players who Newcastle could actually sign. We released an exclusive on the blog at the start of June. It was the sixth of June. We put the put the article out saying that Newcastle had actually held talks with the representatives of Tino Livramento. So he's Southampton's right back. He spent the majority of last season out injured because he had a serious knee injury. Came back for the final two games of the season, but obviously Southampton have been relegated and, and will be obviously forced to sell quite a few of their players now. So, yes, like I say, we released that earlier this month and there's been interest from Newcastle, there's been talks. Now, just a few days ago, the Telegraph, the Athletic, Sky Sports, I think the Mail as well, there were several, several outlets came out and said, Newcastle are working on a deal for Tino Livramento, which, like I say, confirmed the exclusive we put out a few weeks ago. Now, the Telegraph said that Newcastle were looking at offering Ryan Fraser as like a part exchange and like a part exchange deal. Um, it didn't give too much away as to whether Southampton were interested in Fraser, but it sounds like he would be offered as a makeway to try and try and obviously sign Livramento and enable us to bring the fee down. The problem is, and the Athletic have talked about this, is Chelsea have quite a significant sell-on clause. So when they sold him to, to Southampton two years ago, I think they inserted quite a hefty sell-on clause, which means they're entitled to a, quite a big chunk of any future fee. Um, so, for example, I don't I don't know the exact specifics. It, they weren't really all, all made clear. But if Chelsea's sell-on clause was 50%, if Newcastle agreed a £30 million deal with Southampton, 50% of that would go to Chelsea. Therefore, Southampton are likely to want quite a big fee to make sure they, they come away with a decent chunk of money when they sell Livramento. So it sounds like that's quite a complicated deal, but it does seem like the latest deal we're, we're working on. Now, some people might think, well, why are we signing another right-back? We just signed Harrison Ashby in January. We've got Kraft, we've got Mankiw, we've got obviously Trippier. But Jack Talbot at Football Transfer, this is just 
kind of going through each right back. He he released an exclusive a few days ago saying that there's a gentleman's agreement to allow Mankio to go back to Spain and we won't demand a transfer fee. He's out of contract in 12 months. And like I say, it looks like he's going to leave with Getafe and Girona too two La Liga sides showing interest. So it looks like Mankio is going to leave. Emil Kraft entered the last 12 months of his contract in Newcastle and recently suffered an, a serious knee injury himself. He didn't really kick a ball over the second half of the, the the previous season. So again, he could stick around this coming season, but he's out of contract next year and I'd be surprised if he gets a new deal. Trippier's getting older. I think he's 32 now. And yes, he's obviously been superb since he signed and I'm sure he'll be great again next season but we have to maybe look at a long-term replacement for him or someone who can at least learn from Trippier now Ashby was brought in in January but he's yet to sort of play at all at senior level for us and I think he's likely to get loaned out this coming season so I can say the sense of us bringing in a Livramento who could like I say replace Mankio replace Kraft in time and also compete with with Trippier and learn a lot from him I think uh, Livermento can also play at left back, so there's plenty of sense in bringing him in. He's he's very good going forward, but he can also handle himself defensively from the bits I saw of him. And if we believe that he's recovered from that ACL injury he suffered last year, then I can definitely see why we'd be showing interest. So, so yeah, it was really good for us to get that exclusive earlier in the month, and then to see all of these big outlets like Sky Sport and the Athletic confirm our interest and confirm talks. So. I suppose it remains to be seen if we can agree a deal with Southampton, but it's certainly an interesting link and obviously links to a really good young player who I think Eddie Howe could really improve. And uh, like I say, for all we know, he could come in and be playing under sort of behind Kieran Trippier to begin with. But then as Trippier gets older and his legs start to tire a little bit, Livermento could be a, a really good uh, like-for-like replacement for Trippier in years to come. So so that, yeah, the Livermento ones definitely want to watch and... Uh, Hopefully we can agree a deal with Southampton there because he'd be a, I think he'd be a really good signing, not just for now, but uh, for the future too. So this isn't so much of an exclusive, but it was an update I got from the same person that gave me the news on Livramento a few weeks ago. So I've basically been told that Newcastle are interested in Mohamed Kudus at Ajax. Now, this person who I speak to didn't know to what extent we were interested, but he definitely knows that it's someone on Newcastle's list of options. So Kudus is an Ajax attacker. He played at the last World Cup for Ghana. He's 22. He's very versatile. He can play out wide. He's played as a false nine before for Ajax. He can also play as an attacking midfielder. And I think even at times in the World Cup for Ghana, he played as a sort of number eight. So a kind of a centre midfielder who can sort of attack down the flanks a little bit. So that's an interesting one because obviously we've seen Madison go to Spurs and it looks like Sabozlai is now going to Liverpool. So Kudos would fit the mould of a sort of right-sided attacking midfielder who could potentially play uh, replace Almiron in the starting lineup, but also fill in, fill in a couple of other positions too. Like I say, I can't say too much more on this because all we were given was he's definitely a player Newcastle have looked at, but it obviously remains to be seen whether they'll make a move. But the fact we've obviously seen Madison and, and Sabozlai go elsewhere means that he could be one to watch. It's just it's it's a name certainly worth mentioning. Um, the only thing I was told on top of the fact we're interested is that Man United, Brighton, and Wolves apparently have all shown interest. And I guess if Newcastle have been looking elsewhere recently or have been pursuing other deals, it sounds like Newcastle might have to sort of um, do some work on that deal pretty soon to avoid another Premier League club getting kudos. Because, like I say, I think Man United and Brighton have definitely shown interest and. 
certainly Fabrizio Romano said that Brighton have Brighton have, have been interested recently and are trying to do a deal there. So who knows if he is someone we'll we'll go for, but it's definitely another name to look out for. Um now the likes of Madison and Sabozlai won't be coming. Now again, staying with the contact who gave me the information on Livermento and that information there on on Kudus, he confirmed that all the the, the latest rumours on Joachim Anderson are true. So you might have seen the Crystal Palace centre-back Anderson linked just recently with Newcastle. Now what he got told on Anderson is that Crystal Palace are going to demand £40 plus for him. Now that doesn't necessarily mean there's no chance of us signing him, but I don't think for a second Newcastle are going to pay that sort of money for a sort of 27-year-old centre-back who, don't get me wrong, is Premier League proven. He's very good. He's, he's great at playing out from the back and he's a very similar profile to Shaw if he wanted another option on the right side of defence. But I don't think Newcastle are going to be paying anything like that money for a player who's 27 and, like I say, not far off entering his 30s and obviously potentially being on the decline. So I do rate Anderson and I think Newcastle are looking at him. But if Crystal Palace are demanding forty million, which is what I've been told, I just can't see that one happening. Um, and another exclusive here, which I was told from the same source, which I'm going to actually put on the the website in the next few days, is about Lewis Hall. So Chelsea's left back; he's only eighteen, and he really he's had a bit of a breakthrough season in the year just gone. Um, apparently, Newcastle have shown interest in him. I don't think Chelsea. Are keen to sell him I think they rate him quite highly and obviously like I say he's just he's just broken through and he's probably someone Pochettino wants to have a good look at before he makes any decision on his future but I've been told that he's someone on Newcastle's list of left back options especially with Kieran Tierney uh, looking sort of not likely to stay at Arsenal but it's it's very possible that he does end up staying um, I think he's had talks with Arteta about getting a bit more game time next season now they're going to be in the Champions League and potentially moving to a back three where he can play on that left side of defence as he does for Scotland. So I think there's a chance of Tierney staying at Arsenal, but if he doesn't stay at Arsenal, they're likely to demand massive money. I was told like 30 to 35 million, which for a player who's had a big sort of uh, question marks over his injury record recently, I don't think Newcastle would pay that much for him. So obviously there's a lot of ifs and buts here and a couple of new names, but I do think that if Tierney doesn't come to Newcastle, I wouldn't be surprised from what I've been told to see to see Lewis Hall's name being mentioned because apparently he's someone Newcastle really like. But again, would Chelsea sell? Would he cost a lot of money? Um, they're all question marks as well. But yeah, Lewis Hall's another name. Anderson, by the sounds of it, would cost a lot of money, which would make him unrealistic. And yeah, Kudos could be another one to watch. And uh, yeah, on the subject of Chelsea and left-backs, um, I was told by someone I speak to that those rumours linking Mark Kukurea with Newcastle were completely false. So talk of Newcastle being interested in Kukurea apparently wide with the mark. Um, he was very good at his time at Brighton and obviously he's been one of several new signings at Chelsea who haven't really worked out because of the, well, it's just been a complete circus there, hasn't it, with new managers and so many new signings and it's just been a bit of a mess. So um, so yeah, apparently links with Kukurea aren't true and that's not someone we're actually interested in. So, so yeah, that's another little update there so just one final little snippet on some of the transfer rumors and gossip that's emerged over the past week um one name that's come up again is matthias franca he's a flamengo attacker so he plays in the brazilian league with flamengo and he's actually someone we were linked with quite a lot in january now back in january fabrizio romano reported on a 20 million euro bid from newcastle for franca 
Um, apparently that was rejected and we didn't we didn't come back with another bid because 20 million euros was, was the maximum bid we were prepared to pay. Now, over the past few days, there's been some reports come out of Brazil saying that we're prepared to pay 22.5 million euros for Franca. Apparently, Flamengo won 25 million euros. And obviously, our last bid was 20. So it sounds like we maybe are wanting to have a bit of a compromise to sign him. Obviously, who knows if this is all true. But again, he's someone we have been linked with in the past. And it's been sort of quite clear, I would say, for a while now since new owners, since Dan Ashworth came in, that we're scouting quite a lot in South America and looking to see some of the gems we can pick up from Brazil. And he certainly could be one of those. He's 19, he's versatile, which again seems to be quite a theme here that we go for players who can play in more than one position. Um, He scored nine goals in 53 games for Flamengo and like I say, he's been linked quite a lot over the past six months and someone we've obviously bid for in the past but could come back in for this summer. So so yeah, that could be one to watch. I know Arsenal and and Crystal Palace have also been uh, credited with interest in him so we might have competition but but yeah, Matthias Franca could be another one to watch. Um, I know the Chronicle have also mentioned a new name this week. They they claim that Newcastle are looking to sign another striker, which makes sense to an extent because even though we're sort of quite strong up top with Alexander Isaac and Callum Wilson, there's not actually much depth behind those two. I think they're really our only two out-and-out strikers at the club. Um, now Chris Wood's left. So one name that the Chronicle mentioned who's been offered to Newcastle is... Uh, Habib Diallo, he's a Senegalese striker who plays for Strasbourg in, in the French League. He scored 21 goals last year and maybe wouldn't cost too much money, but he is 28, so I would expect us, to be honest, to probably pursue younger players who can maybe learn from Wilson and Isaac and then um, obviously step in for the likes of Wilson when his, when his contract runs out and or maybe when he gets a bit older and, and ends up moving on, so... Diallo's been linked, but obviously time will tell if that's someone we're going to actually pursue. Um, it's one thing, obviously, these players being offered our way, but it's another thing, us actually wanting them. Um, apparently, Diallo is represented by the same agency that looks after Eddie Howe, again, just like Livramento, but again, that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to pursue them. It just means there's a link there in a sort of line of communication, I suppose. So... Another update, not so good news, but you may have seen over the past few weeks that we've been linked with Fenerbahce's wonder kid, Arda Gula. So he's a Turkish international. He's only 18 years old and he's he's thought to be one of the most like, exciting young players in the world. And obviously because of that, you can imagine there'll be a, a lot of big clubs in for him. Now, it was reported last month that we'd went out to Dubai to hold talks with Gula's family and his representatives to, to try and convince him to come to Newcastle. Um, since then, he's played more games for Fenerbahce He's uh, he scored for Turkey's first goal for Turkey in the European qualifiers, and he's really like looks top top class. So mix that in with the fact he's got a seventeen and a half million release clause in euros. So that's what probably fourteen fifteen million. You can see why so many big clubs want him now. According to reports on Thursday night, well, not just reports, it actually came from Barcelona. So their president uh, Laporta came out and said that Deco who's their current sporting director. Apparently, Deco's been in Istanbul to hold talks with Gula to try and bring him to, to, to Barcelona. So, to be honest with you, it sounds like we're going to struggle to convince him to come to Newcastle. But, again, it's um, it's good to see us pursuing some of the best youngsters in the world, isn't it? Even if we can't manage to to sign the legs of Gula, it's great to see us being in the mix for these players. So, who knows what happens there? 
But at the minute, based on what Barcelona are saying, it sounds like they're making a big push for him. So he could be another name, unfortunately, we don't end up signing. Um, so one more update to give. Bear with me now, I'm just going through some of these ru- rumours. Uh, one more update was from The Sun. Now, immediately you're probably thinking, well, I don't believe this. So <laughs> what they actually reported was that Newcastle are showing interest in Mark Gahey, so the, the centre-back there who actually partners uh, Joe Kim Anderson at Crystal Palace. Now, in terms of his profile, he's younger, he's more mobile, and I think that's what we might be going for, a mobile defender who can play alongside Botman and bring a little bit of pace to a defence that currently lacks mobility, I would say. Now, the Sun said we're interested in, in Gahey alongside Arsenal, and they mentioned that we're considering making a £45 million move for him. Now, at that price, I think he'd be much better value than Anderson at £40 million, but... To be honest with you, I'd expect Crystal Palace to to ask for more than forty five million. Um, as an England international who's young and has got all the tools to be a top centre back, I'd be surprised if they'd accept anything like that. And also, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the son putting two and two together and making five. As in, he takes loads of boxes for Newcastle, and we know Eddie Howe likes English players, likes Premier League proven players, and it's been said that we're in the market for a right footed defender who's who's got pace and. Gay, he does tick all those boxes, so he, he may be someone Newcastle are looking at, but but who knows? Maybe that's that's one of those that just made sense to be put out there as a rumor. Um, but who knows if how, how much truth there is to that? Even though he would be really good. And the last one, this came from Jack Talbot. He put an exclusive out for football transfers, saying that Gonzalo Ramos. Don't know if you remember, his name was linked last summer. Um, but anyway, he said that Newcastle are still looking at Gonzalo Ramos and. Whether that's this summer or in a future window, apparently they're still sounding out a potential move for him. Um, you might have remembered last summer we actually made a bid for Ramos. It came up at one point last August, I think, when I was doing some research on this. came up last August that we'd made a £25 million bid for him. Since then, he's gone on to, to score goals for fun for Benfica. Um, and he scored a hat-trick, I don't know if you remember this, in the World Cup when when Portugal absolutely hammered Switzerland. He actually scored a hat-trick in that game. So he impressed at the World Cup and he's he's been brilliant for Benfica. I think he scored, just looking here, he got 27 goals and 12 assists last season. So he's he's been scoring goals for fun for Benfica. He's 22, but to be honest with you, I'd be shocked if we spent the sort of money needed to sign him uh, this summer. Because, as I say, we do need another striker to compete with Wilson and Isaac. And obviously we need someone to replace Chris Wood as our third-choice striker. But the sort of money that you'd need to to sign Ramos... Um, I can't imagine us prioritising a striker just now. So it's interesting to hear that we're still looking at him, but I would be surprised if Ramos came in this summer. But uh, So yeah, that's a roundup from everything this week. No doubt things will continue to, to happen over the weekend. Um, obviously it's disappointing with Madison and Sabozlai that they look set to go elsewhere, but Newcastle have always... Um, have always recruited well and they've given us no no need to worry since new owners came in, so... I guess we've just got to trust Eddie Howe, trust Dan Ashworth and hope that uh, once Tonali signs all being, all being well on Monday, um, that we can have another another big sign-in to, to get excited about soon. So yeah, just make sure you keep up to date with everything on nufcblog.co.uk. Give us a follow on Twitter. And uh, yeah, we always keep on top of all the transfer rumours. So, so yeah, thanks for listening, guys. And we'll speak to you again next week. <laughs>
Sports Social Podcast Network.